Welcome to Beaver Tracks, a damn good podcast. Bringing you inside the world of OSU admissions and providing you with a behind the scene looks at what goes on in Beaver Nation. I'm Delta Lee, my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm our regional admissions advisor for Southern California in the San Diego area. And I'm Corey Kimmel, pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am the regional admissions advisor for the Portland metro area. Thanks for joining us today. Um, Del, today we have not one, not two, or three, but four representatives from the College of Liberal Arts. Um, so I'm really excited to have them on, but to start us off, uh, feels fitting to do a dramatic reading from the College of Liberal Arts. Uh, this program won't be addressed today, uh, but it is a common major we are asked about a lot. So starting off, dramatic reading for digital communication arts. Students in this major will learn alternative writing approaches, nonlinear storytelling, multiple formats, and how mediated storytelling affects the story itself. They investigate how our culture will change as people shift from multiple streams of communication to information flow on a single device and how the structures of traditional media will adapt. I love this major. I think this is so interesting. Not only do we have graphic design uh, and digital marketing as things for student studies, but we also have this digital communication arts uh, major. And Corey, I don't know if you know this, but I actually took some classes in DCA and digital communication arts. I did it. Um, because it was so cool. And um, I just got a really awesome background and just some foundational skills um, just in the few classes that I took. So definitely check it out. I love that. Yeah, Delta, I get a lot of questions from students about liberal arts, the programs, and what it really means to get a degree in liberal arts. So to start us off today, we have the college's student recruitment coordinator, Rachel Paris. Rachel, welcome to the pod. Can you introduce yourself for our listeners? Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Rachel Paris. I use she, her pronouns. Like you just said, Corey, I am the student recruitment coordinator here for CLA. I mainly work with prospective students who are wanting to learn more about the college. So just like our listeners here on the podcast, I work to plan recruitment events. I also supervise our student ambassadors. So we have a team of 10 students who assist me in events, and they really act as liaisons for the college and talk about their experiences. So we have students from an array of different disciplines and majors. And so it's really great to have such a great representation of our college. So really excited to be here and to tell all of our eager beavers more about CLA. Awesome. Thanks, Rachel, so much for joining us. Like Corey was saying, we do get a lot of questions uh, where students don't exactly know what liberal arts is. So we're wondering if you can just give our listeners a quick rundown. Of course, definitely liberal arts. It's has all these different meanings and people think it's political or all these different things. But really what liberal arts is, is really a community. In this community of arts, we have humanities, we have social sciences, and these are scholars and students who work in the cultural, social, environmental, and the historical context in which we live. It really is examining what is to be human. Really, that's what liberal arts is. Our college here at OSU has 24 different majors in it, and we're all connected through these themes of really curiosity and this pursuit of knowledge. We have seven different colleges within um, all of our different majors, 
including communications, history, philosophy, psychology, public policy, visual design, design arts. There's really something for everyone here. And it really is a great opportunity to bring students from all over campus to learn from one another. I love that. And I can totally hear your passion there. And I, I love the study of what it is to be human. I love kind of framing liberal arts in that way. Corey, I was a liberal arts student. I studied English at my alma mater. So I definitely identify kind of with the holistic learning that you identified there. But I'm wondering kind of even more than that, what are some common questions that you get about kind of liberal arts programs in the college? And then what is one piece of advice you'd give to incoming students? I think a very common question that a lot of our students, as well as, of course, our parents are asking is, what can you do with a liberal arts degree? It's a very common question. But one thing, too, I like to say our students, they're innovators. We have English majors. We have students who are majoring in music production, and they are working in industry. They're working and writing books, but also going into marketing communications, going into social media. These are our students who are able to push those boundaries. We want our students to be able to, you know, not have this box. You're able to use those skills, the critical thinking, the analytic skills. We want students to be able to take those into careers, film, into, you know, marine studies, figuring out their passion too. And not being afraid too of taking a different course. A lot of our students too, I think they're afraid in in the beginning to take something that they've never heard of. Anthropology, for instance, or religious studies. Take that course. Take something that is out of your comfort zone and being able to push yourself. And I think that's a really great opportunity here at OSU that we allow that. Here in CLA too, we have a really great opportunity to house the baccalaureate core, which is kind of like our general education requirements. And so you're able to double dip. You're not going to take a class that isn't going to count towards graduation, or it's something that's just a, a random class. This is This here in CLA is something that We want you to find things that are interesting, studying different British literature, studying all kinds of different opportunities here. We want students to feel like they can pursue their passions and be curious and challenge their thinking from where they come from and help them develop to who they are after graduation. So that was so helpful. And I really, especially what sticks out for me, you know, is talking about taking different courses and I've talked about it before, so if our listeners are consistent listeners, they've heard this, but one of my favorite classes I took at OSU was actually a history course, and I've never been a history buff, but I loved it so much, and I also, uh, my final term at OSU, decided to go out of the sciences again and take a different sociology class because I just had time to take some extra credit, so I think that's that's a huge piece of information that's really important is that you, you can explore those options and I think it's really cool that CLA has so many options and like a variety of programs. So that's all really extremely helpful. And uh, we really appreciate your insight and working with our incoming students. If you contact us at liberalarts at OSU or at OregonState.edu, a lot of our current students are monitoring that. And that would be a great way for prospective students or, you know, their families to really ask those questions on getting that student perspective and what it's like to day to day and, you know, even just talking about their clubs and activities. I think that's a really great opportunity for students to have that engagement as well. Awesome. Thanks so much. And that's so awesome to hear of the different ways that folks can get connected. Please, if you're listening to this and have any additional questions, take advantage of getting connected with those folks. 
Um, but that, with that overview, we're going to kind of get a bit more um, specific and dive into the nitty gritty of the programs by spotlighting just a few different um, of those majors and programs today. So we are very lucky to have here today three incredible advisors to answer some of those questions. Uh, so Andy, Felix, and Kristen, thanks so much for being here and welcome to the pod. Can you each give our listeners a quick hello and introduction? Uh, hello, my name is Andy Edwards and I advise for political science and public policy. I'm the academic advisor here, and I use the uh, he pronouns. And uh, I guess just one other interesting fact, I don't know, maybe it's not all that interesting at all, but I'm a big fan of the Muppets and Lord of the Rings, so if anyone wants to geek out, they can certainly talk with me. You're speaking my language. i big Lord of the Rings fan. I actually have a candle on my desk that is The Shire, so. Um, and my husband's favorite Christmas movie is The Muppets Christmas Movie, so right there with you, Andy. Nice choice. I'm Kristen Rohr, and I'm, I'm advisor for music and theater arts. And within music, there's music production, music education, and music performance. And I use she, her, hers. Hi, thank you, Corey and Delta. Uh, my name is Felix Oliveros. I'm the advisor for um, art and graphic design. Actually, Kristen's department and my, and I, my department are part of the School of Visual and Performing and Design Arts. And uh, I use he, him his pronouns. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. I know Corey and I get a lot of questions about your program, so we're wondering if you can give us a quick rundown about what each of you offer. So if you could just say the name of your program and then share a little bit, that would be great. All right. I guess I'll dive in here first. I, I work with uh, political science and public policy, and both of these fields are, are what are called social sciences. And so social sciences try and understand why humans behave the way they do. And whereas history might look at the past uh, to examine the present, sociology might look at society and its influence on individuals, political science looks at political systems and tries to understand how humans affect them, how systems affect others, what a political system should be doing, what an ideal system would look like, does it exist, those sort of questions. Uh, within political science, uh, like most programs, at least most programs within the U.S., we've got four main subfields. There's the United States politics. We live here. We should probably understand why it works the way it does. Mm -hmm. Comparative politics, where we compare different systems around the world. International relations, where we talk about how those different political systems interact with each other. And then finally, there's political philosophy or political theory, which looks at the history behind our systems, where they came from, what an ideal system should be doing, and what our systems really do in reality. As those end up being the four main subfields. If a student does major in political science, they can uh, choose one of three specialization areas. There's environmental and energy politics international affairs, and law and politics. You don't have to do one of those specializations, but you can focus if you want to. Some of the classes that we offer, we've got some classes that are called terrorism and global security, politics of corruption, Middle East politics. We have a class on nuclear non-proliferation. We have a class where you actually do a congressional simulation where everybody takes on the role of a member of Congress and, and role plays different uh, scenarios and things that go on. We have several classes on constitutional law, and we have everybody's favorite, uh, governing after the zombie apocalypse, always a key skill. So we have all these different areas. Um, yeah, so I talked a little bit about political science, and, and sometimes people will ask me also about our, one of the other majors we have here in our school, which is public policy. Sometimes it gets confusing because they do overlap a fair amount, but whereas political science is much more about political systems, the institutions, the workings of government, public policy is much more issue-driven. How do I solve this particular problem that I care about? And so if you're much more issue-driven, you might want to give that a look. And in, in addition to that overlap with political science, it really also brings in the elements of political science, economics, and sociology, I would say, because when you're looking at solving a particular societal problem, yeah, you need to know how the institutions and power work and how policy can be passed and applied through different structures to address the issue. 
But economics, you've got limited resources. You have to know how you're going to fund it. How do you pay for it most efficiently? How do you bring that piece in? And when you talk about sociology, you can pass all the laws in the world, but if people don't follow them, if society doesn't make them a norm, then they're not going to be really effective. And so they bring that sociology component as well. Now, I will say public policy is a little bit more of a quantitative major than political science is, because if you're going to understand if a solution's working, you've got to study the numbers. So be prepared for that. There's only a Bachelor of Science with public policy because of that. And so it emphasizes a little bit more of the stats and the math uh, than political science does. But if you are really interested in asking questions and proposing solutions to uh, existing problems, then public policy might even be a better fit than political science. So, but they're both good degrees, just emphasizing slightly different aspects of, of politics. So, yeah, so for a student that is kind of interested in social justice, social change, public policy, but does have very, like, a science, engineering, numbers, mind, like, public policy is a, is a good, perfect spot for them to end up. Yeah, I would say so. And, again, it's not the math, like, you know, calculus, and I don't want people quaking their boots about the higher math. <laughs> Statistics is, is probably no more complex than, than basic college algebra. Okay. But, but it's knowing when you can make the changes, when you can tweak the numbers, because if you put garbage into a, a system, no matter how sophisticated, it's going to be garbage coming out. And so you just have to really understand uh, where you can influence those numbers and then when you can, can uh, adjust them a little bit when you can't. And so, yeah, the computer will do the calculations for you, but you have to understand the logic behind it. Also, I would say one of the big benefits of political science is we're a comparatively small major at a large university. We've got about 300 students. And so because of that, our class size is going to be pretty small. Even our intros usually cap at 60. And our upper level classes are between 30 and 40 in terms of their cap. So it's really easy to get to know your professors, get those recommendation letters if you want to go into law school or graduate school, and just really get that one-to-one -one interaction during office hours if you want to pursue it. I discussed the theater arts and music majors and what they do. And I asked a student this morning, she's a music major, what she liked about the program. And for both the theater arts and the music majors, they, they're in the same building with their peers and their instructors, and there's a great community, and the instructors encourage the students to be who they are and to, as a person and to grow. And uh, in the world of theater arts at OSU, they can go in, the students can go into visual, or um, they can act, they can direct, they can uh, write plays. And in the area of music, they can be in music production, write novel pieces, compose. They can teach, and they can teach individual lessons even before they go out into the classroom and teach. And in the performance area, they uh, can get used to giving performances in front of audiences from like their first term. So um, there's a lot of engaging with the peers and a lot of working on uh, the students get a lot of uh, chance to tour and to perform, and that's true in both theater arts and music. And their leadership opportunities, some students are already doing conducting, and there's internship possibilities, like a lot of the music production people are doing sound for theater arts, and they're working in the Majestic, and they're working with choirs in the local churches. So there are many, many opportunities inside and outside the classroom to work on productions and ensembles. All right, Felix. All right, thanks, Corey. Uh, yeah, so I want to get started just by letting everybody know it's such an exciting time uh, for the arts here at OSU. Uh, right now, what is being built is the arts and education complex. So a venue that's going to be have more chances for us to have bigger venues for performances and theater, 
also a museum for the arts and things. So that's happening as well as our, the art building is called Fairbanks Hall. It's one of the oldest buildings on campus and it is being renovated. So I can't wait to move back in in the fall. So for those of you who are looking at doing art at OSU uh, this coming fall, you're gonna have a brand new updated building to do your art in. So in that building, we're gonna have a painting and our drawing studios and also some graphic design studios as well. So I am the, as I said before, the advisor for art and graphic design. So I'll start out with art first. In art, we have pretty much three different options. So students do photography or studio art or art history. In our studio art, there's um, you know, a lot of students like to do different types of arts. So they are able to kind of focus on either uh, drawing and painting as one studio, printmaking and sculpture are the other two studios. So those are the things that students are able to do in the studio there with photography. It's digital photography, but we also just have a brand new dark room that we just uh, updated a couple years ago. So students can still do the old time dark room and play around with, with chemicals and things like that to, to make images as well. So it's, it's pretty fun to do that as well. The other program is the graphic design program. It's a professional program. And what I mean by that is just that these students do a lot of uh, hours in studios. The degree type is called the bachelor's of fine arts. What it means is just you're doing 66% uh, of your major, of your degree in the major itself. So you're doing it from the minute you walk in till the minute you walk out. In graphic design, students are pre-graphic design majors first in the first year, and then they apply to the professional program and uh, finish the three years in the professional program. So our students are creatives at heart. And uh, they just like being in their studios and doing their thing, right? They have a really good time. And, and it's also uh, kind of like a, a small art school in a big university. So you get that feel of knowing everybody because we're in studios. Our courses are three-hour studios twice a week. So you really get to know your professors. They become your mentors. But also you're at a big university. So we've had students go out and be on research vessels as artists to kind of do photography on these research vessels, things like that. They've worked in chemical labs to do pigments with paint, things like that. Lots of opportunities for students to get involved outside of um, our direct studios, right? But also as part of the university as well. So all things that students can uh, explore and learn more and see how it is that they want to evolve as artists and as designers and what piques their interest and how they move forward with that. I love that. Wow. I know our listeners can't see, but we're all just nodding our heads and we look like bobbleheads right now. But I just think what's standing out for me a lot between all three of you and all of your programs is it's all the students are very creative and able to think outside of the box. And it is a community. It sounds like you all know your students really well and they know each other really well and you have those spaces um, for them to grow. And I think that's the whole purpose of going to college and like exploring that. And so I just, I feel so excited about the liberal arts right now. And I'm like, man, I wish I took, took some classes in the dark room and stuff, but any follow-up Delta do you want to touch on? I mean, I think that the only thing that came up for me was that there are so many things that y'all are offering so many different things students can get into. I'm wondering if you have any just kind of like feelings about students growth, like Corey was saying through that, like how are students finding their majors how are they finding these different opportunities? Like, are they plugging deeper into the majors as they go through? How does that work for them? Yeah, well, one of the things I put out uh, 
usually every one to two weeks during the school year, I put out a newsletter. And so as I hear about these opportunities that they tie into politics or public policy, I try and uh, send out the newsletter that, that, that lets students know about these opportunities. So there's things in there like internships. There's um, opportunities for different lectures that have come across campus, uh, positions in, in different uh, political organizations that people are advertising. And so whenever I come across these, I, I just try to make sure students know about them. Awesome. And I think another crucial thing that we highlight for our students, even before they come in, is that you have to respond to the emails, you have to look at the resources, you have to actually go to the meetings, right? So it sounds like students who are doing that and following up with you all are coming across some really awesome opportunities. So you all kind of talked about those like job shadows, research, internship opportunities. Um, You touched on those already. So do you all have a student that just pops to your mind who had one of those really cool opportunities and can you tell us a little bit more about that? I do definitely. Um, There's a student that was uh, intern with National Geographic and he did a documentary this fall. So he's a music production student but he really got into filming and the video part of everything and he's just gonna have job opportunities galore when he graduates. What year is he? Is he a senior, junior? Yes, he's a senior. Senior, okay. He's ready. (laughs) And I wanted to touch upon if a music student comes here and they're not quite sure which uh, avenue they want to pursue, they can just take the core classes, which is theory and um, oral skills, that's ear training and group piano, and see where that leads them because maybe they will want to do more composition and music production or maybe they'll want to perfect their instrument and do education or performance. So it's okay if they don't really know right at the beginning. The, the theater arts program is the core is all the same. So they really uh, need to dabble a little bit in all the areas of theater in order to graduate. So they have to write or direct or act in order to graduate and they have their main roles that they also need to do. They need to be, have an act, be an actor in a play Uh, have a position of major responsibility like assistant stage manager or assistant director and they have to be on a run crew in order to graduate. And sorry Kristen just to follow up what's a run crew? Is that a curiosity? A a run crew is to do the lights for a production or to do the sound or to help with the props or be um, backstage and help with costumes. So any of those are run crew is more of a support role not acting. So you can't act and be on a run crew for the same production. All right. Um, Andy or Felix, student stories. What, what do we got? I'm very excited. Okay. Yeah. I have one I'm thinking of just to uh, circle back with Andy about the minors. Art and design is something a lot of people are interested. Some don't want to do a major, but we do have minors available in those as well. So, you know, some students they don't even know about the art on campus and then they end up finding it through different ways and they see things around and then they get involved as a minor. One of the, thing, one of the students that I'm thinking of is uh, a student is, uh, was a graphic designer. She came in from the very beginning, wanted to be in graphic design and also had an interest in athletics. So one of the things that on, at, at this university, there's so many people that hire our graphic designers to do little things and work in their offices and things. And she was interested and working athletics in athletics as a designer. And that was her interest all the way through. And she did an internship with the Portland Trailblazers. 
and she continued to do this. And now that she's graduated doing her thing, she's out doing her thing with the Portland Timbers. Seeing her progress through that interest all the way to the end and where she is at now professionally has just been uh, the fun, funnest things that we get to see uh, as we see our students do their thing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> the number of times I've said, wow, so far. <laughs> Many. All right, Andy. Yeah, over in the uh, political science neck of the woods, I, I think one thing that I would highlight is that almost all of our faculty are amenable to working with undergraduate students for their research. And so sometimes students will come up with their own research project and ask to be you know, supervised and guided a little bit. And other times they'll do research that the faculty is working on it and assist them with that. We have a couple of uh, professors, Dr. Stout and Dr. Dr. Solberg, that have a standing group called the American Politics Research Group. And they work with anywhere from a half dozen to a dozen students per term. And so, again, lots of openings. But uh, Dr. Stout does a lot of work on voting uh, issues and, and the way different groups vote to different, uh, different populations within the U.S. And Dr. Stout does a lot of stuff with Supreme Court cases. So they, you, they work with students to actually do a lot of tabulation and figuring out how these patterns emerge. And, and, and they end up using uh, working with students a lot to make this, make this happen. And so if students want to get on the ground floor with research, there are a lot of opportunities to do, to do so. There's also a person named Jock Mills that used to be the lead lobbyist for OSU. And now he runs a, what he calls the University Legislative Scholars. Because of all the years he did lobbying up in Salem, gosh, he knows everybody in state government. Some people in federal as well, but everybody in state government. And so he brings in a speaker to this group every week. You know, he's brought in the state treasurer, Tobias Reed. He's brought in Dan Rayfield, who's a, a representative here in Oregon. And he just brings in a different person each week. The students get to know in a small group and talk with and ask questions of. And this usually leads to great internship opportunities. And so a lot of these students, I can actually think of three or four that were in this ULS group, uh, ended up working well for an internship after meeting this person, uh, you know, individuals in a meeting. And then now we're working full time on campaign staffs and on legislative staffs after they've graduated. So that helps a lot. And one thing that's coming along that's probably going to be emerging next year is we have a, a research lab called OPAL, which stands for OSU Policy Analysis Laboratory. And I don't know, it's weird, they've got an abbreviation within an abbreviation, but it still works, uh, OSU uh, uh, within there. But they're going to have a lot of opportunities for undergraduates there to do research with that, that lab on, on different issues of public policy. So actually addressing real world problems and real world issues. And so, uh, again, that's something, a lot of the details are fuzzy right now because they're still working out the, the finer uh, two points. It was a graduate research area, but now they're going to be brought into that to undergraduates. So, again, a lot of different opportunities. And I can think of uh, not just countless students that have, have moved on in, in different things. I know one of them saw a uh, internship opportunity in the newsletter I send out on the, from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and it ended up being an agriculture job in Portland. And so they ended up uh, doing that internship, and that led to a full-time employment later. Yeah, and I can think of another student that back during the Obama presidency um, ended up, uh, they were looking for somebody that was both interested in politics and music. And because the student had talked with me repeatedly on appointments, I'm like, I know just the right student and referred them to that. So they ended up going to D.C., meeting Michelle Obama, and then really getting involved in this experience that was, was pretty formative for them. So, yeah, just a lot of good opportunities you can take advantage of. You keep your ear to the ground and, and just really look for them. You can say that again, a lot of good opportunities. <laughs> Going back to Rachel's question, if anyone's listening to this, don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something with a liberal arts degree, because all of these uh, advisors are giving such great examples of students on the ground, in person, on the field, doing liberal arts in so many cool ways. Very hype on this conversation. Is there maybe like a support service that you tend to talk about a little bit more than others with your students that are in your programs just to make sure that they're getting set up for success? 
I refer my students to the Academic Success Center a lot. Uh, just, you know, when you first start school, when you first start college, it's you have to learn how to do college, right? So um, the Academic Success Center has resources for students to, to see how it is that they learn, how do they manage their time, things like that. So that, that's one of the offices I use quite, quite a bit. And I would echo that Writing Center, especially for political science, very valuable resource. I do refer students there, there fairly often. I also think that the, in reference to what Felix was saying about the Academic Success Center, they have what's called academic coaching. But a lot of students don't think about because tutoring is one thing when you want to understand how to solve a problem or understand a particular concept. But coaching is more about how you be a better student overall. And so they look at things like time management and how to read effectively so you remember what you read and how to study for tests. That's a resource I send students in that direction fairly often too. And I think one that a lot of students don't think about that is incredibly valuable is actually going and visiting with your professors during office hours. They all have them. And, and depending on the class, sometimes they're very lightly attended. And so if you actually go in there and show your passion about the work that you're trying to understand, that you care about the material, that can go a long way. And, so, and then professors that end up, you know, seeing these students in office hours end up getting a mentor-mentee relationship established sometimes. And they can be huge advocates in terms of pushing them towards great experiences that, that they may not know about uh, in the field of politics, in the field of research. Just opens up a lot of opportunities if you really take advantage of those office hours. I echo that too because our instructors are very open to office hours and you can even see them in the hallway and talk with them. Another thing we have in music is a music mentorship program and we have a music resource center which is a lounge for students and not every program has something like that so we're lucky there and you can meet the music mentors in that lounge or anywhere in the hallway and there's a lot of interaction with student professors in Community Hall, that's the music building, and also in Withicum, which is the theater arts building. For that music mentorship program, like how do students get involved in that? They advertise it very well. So Dr. Sandy Babb is the uh, faculty sponsor of it, and then we have a student worker that's also in charge of it, and she will match students with each other. So she matches students that are sophomores, juniors, seniors with incoming first-year students. And they can stay, you know, they can be uh, study partners for the whole year. Because theory is quite difficult for a series in music. And it's really nice to have a person to call. Or I, I'll tell a story last year when it was, uh, when everything was online. One student was just struggling and her mentor stayed up till I think it was 1 a.m. helping her over the phone with, um, to study for an exam. And it was really nice. Oh, makes my little heart just happy to... <laughs> Hear about our students helping each other. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love being able to hear about all of your programs because I, you know, I was a science major and I think oh, now I'm sitting here like, dang, maybe I was in the wrong program. I don't know. But is there anything else, you know, as we're kind of like wrapping up a little bit that you just, you want prospective students to know, like if they walk away today listening from this podcast, that just, you know, you're really proud of with your program, anything, any last Final notes, tidbits, stories, bragging points. I would just add, do what you want to do. I mean, I have so many students that were talked out of being an art major, talked out of being a graphic design major. If you love something, do it. At a place like OSE, you will have the mentorship and the resources to be successful. Thank you so much for that. I think, you know, again, as someone who went through the liberal arts program, that was something I experienced as well. Was, uh, someone talked me out of the program that I actually wanted to go into. 
And then I had multiple major changes to actually get to English, which is what I wanted to study. So thank you so much for that. And I hope folks listening to this follow your passion. If it's a liberal arts program, like you feel like you're saying, you have the resources at OSU to be successful. So again, thank you so much, everyone, for being here today. Um, learned so much, so I hope our listeners did as well. I'm wondering if we can get a go beads from everyone on the count of three. So one, two, three. Go, go beads. Awesome. Go beads. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you can join us for our next episode of Beaver Tracks. It will be a damn good time. <laughs>